Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Self-Made Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Adrian Finch, and in today's episode, we're talking about how you guys can start achieving more by doing less, a concept that sounds too good to be true, honestly, but I promise that it's not. And today, you'll walk away feeling empowered and ready to declutter your to-do list in your mind and begin achieving the most you can while doing less. So if you want to hear about a process that will allow you to build momentum for a lifetime of success, then stay tuned. You're listening to the Self-Made Mastery Podcast, your ultimate guide to total transformation. I'm your host, Adrian Finch, and I believe wholeheartedly that anyone from any background can create and live their dream life. And the best part is, you only need one thing to start, your mind. So join me here every Wednesday on this transformative journey to master your mindset and unlock your greatest potential. Let's go. Okay, funny, random, totally random side note, you guys. So that intro, that's my new self-made mastery intro. If you guys are new here, this used to be called the Self-Made CEO Podcast, and I changed it, had a little rebrand. It is now Self-Made Mastery, and with that, I created a new intro. And I'm actually obsessed with this new intro. I love it. But something got weird about the quality of it when I exported it. And I have tried to export it a hundred times. And every single time, even though it's playing back normally on my recording software, the exported version sounds like lower quality. And if you've noticed at the very end of it, it does this weird like tune out effect like as it's fading out it goes really flat if any of you are musically inclined you would know what I'm talking about for some reason it bugs me so much but I've never mentioned it because I'm just like whatever I've tried to fix it I'm gonna try again to fix it I might just need to record this on a different software because to be honest I've just been using my YouTube video editing software to make these voiceovers and actually these podcasts I have a microphone but I've just been recording it right onto Final Cut Pro anyway total random side note not having to do with the video or the podcast whatsoever I just felt like mentioning it because as I was just playing back the intro sting I was like what the heck is going on and why haven't I fixed this yet and I've tried and guys it'll only get better from here but that's not the point today the point is to impart you with some incredibly life-changing wisdom like I usually do right so like I said, today's episode is all about how to literally achieve more by doing less. One of my favorite things to do, things to work on, one of my favorite concepts because a lot of people just find it hard to believe. But I am going to bust that myth today that you can't work less and achieve more because yes, you indeed can and you can today, tomorrow, for the rest of your life. So I'm going to set you up for success here. So welcome back to the show. I'm Adrian Finch, and as always, I want to say congrats to you for taking that step, for pushing play, for choosing to be here, because by doing so, you have committed to this wonderful journey to master your mindset and transform your life. And I want to remind you every single episode that in making that choice, you are deciding that your success is inevitable, because it is a choice. It's always a choice. And if everyone believed that, then everyone would do it, right? And it really would be that easy. But everyone's not doing it. In fact, a lot of people aren't doing it. So yay you. Yay for being here. 
And I'm actually going to start a new segment on the show, a very quick one, to open every episode called One Step Closer to Mindset Mastery. And in this segment, I'm going to share with you a quote, basically that's, you know, either that's been on my mind that week or that's particularly powerful or that gets you to expand your mind or question the way things are or shift your thinking in some way. And sometimes it'll be random. Sometimes it'll be relevant to the episode. Sometimes I may have made it up and sometimes I may have read it somewhere, etc. Etc. So to start off the first ever one step closer to mindset mastery, hello. Today's quote is if you have the courage to admit it when you are wrong, you'll be right 100% of the time. So I love this quote because there's something to be said about, you know, certain people who feel the need to be right all the time. And whether this has been you in the past or now, whether this has been a friend, a loved one, someone you've, you know, heard talking on the street, there are definitely people out there who feel this need to be right about everything. And because of this need to be right, it makes it hard to admit when they are actually wrong. Because here's the fact of the matter is that you've been wrong before. I know you have. If you are a living human being, you have been wrong before. And on your journey throughout your life and to success, you will be wrong again and probably again and probably again and again. And not to get confused the need to be right with the desire to be right. There's nothing wrong with desiring to be correct, to be accurate, to deliver excellence, right? To do the right thing. But what's so beautiful is being able to admit when you are indeed wrong. And the reason this is empowering and this is beautiful is because it shows not only that you have confidence in yourself, confidence enough to be able to admit like, hey, I was wrong and I'm a human and I'm able to learn and I'm able to grow. So it's basically like taking that thing that you were wrong about and looking it in the eyes and being like, yo, yeah, I was wrong. So what? Who cares? Like, what else are you going to throw at me? Come on, bring it. And that's kind of the attitude I like to have about a lot of things in life. Like, bring it. What else you got? Like, I can handle it. There's just something so beautiful about saying, like, I was wrong. Admitting that, right? And if you're admitting that you were wrong, then you're never really going to be wrong. You're right, right? Like, oh my gosh, now I'm getting confused with the wording. If you have the courage to admit it when you're wrong, you'll be right 100% of the time because you are right in saying and admitting that you were wrong versus denying it and resisting it and feeling like you have to fake it to be right. And if you're someone who feels like you have those tendencies, I'm not judging you. I'm not. But I want you to really reflect on that and think about where that's coming from and think about whether that's coming from a little bit of a lack of confidence or a lack of, you know, assurance in what you are saying or what you are doing because sometimes we feel this need to be right so that we can be credible so that we can justify our behavior so that we can you know do things like that and I will say actually next week's episode is all about this it's going to be five bad habits that kill your confidence so stay tuned for that because I think we'll get a lot deeper into kind of this whole confidence thing and things you know over justifying over apologizing things that are killing your confidence without maybe you even knowing so you know in typical Adrian fashion I could talk about this for literally years but I will stop um, because that's what I'm supposed to do with my little opening segment of one step closer to mindset mastery just leave you with a quote leave you with something to think about 
And um, so that's the quote. If you have the courage to admit it when you're wrong, you'll be right 100% of the time. Okay, and now to get on into the episode. So yes, this episode is actually going to, you know, start to teach you guys how you can achieve more by doing less. And a lot of the information and the tactics that I'm going to go through in today's episodes is honestly freaking life-changing and it comes from Michael Hyatt's book Free to Focus a total productivity system to achieve more by doing less I've talked about this book many times before I'm obsessed with it it really opened my eyes it really shifted the way that I think about productivity and the way that I actually work in my day-to-day life Um, and as you guys probably know by now I get a ton of inspiration and knowledge from books and podcasts I try personally to absorb some piece of educational content every single day and a huge part of what I do on this podcast is take you along for that journey. So sometimes I'm an expert on the strategy or concept and have been working with it for months or years and other times I'm brand new to it just like you and I simply read about it, absorbed it, and spit it back out to you in a way that's easier to understand and that's actionable and that's kind of what I'm here to do and then I usually challenge you to try said strategy or system out and I do as well and we come back together to discuss. And speaking of discussing, I'm actually working right now on creating and launching a Patreon soon where for a small fee, we can create a community and have Zoom happy hours and workshops and Q&As the whole nine yards. And what led me to kind of this decision is I know that I've touched on this in the past and I honestly don't want to dwell on it, but I had a major opportunity to be able to start doing some master classes with you guys this past like spring and quarantine and a lot just kind of happened that showed me that it wasn't the right situation I was working with a company that wanted to take a lot of the profits and I kind of I almost did it because I was like I just want to get this out I've promised it I want to do it and at the end of the day it wasn't right something was telling me don't do that don't work with that company just do this on your own the right thing will come to you so I want to apologize for you know, saying that I was having all these master classes and then things kind of happened and got weird and I got COVID and all these things. And I know you guys understand and that's what we talk about here. We're real, raw, and authentic. And, you know, I'm a business owner and I'm not pretending I have it all together. Sometimes I come up with ideas and I change my mind. And sometimes I come up with ideas and they fall through. So, Patreon is something that I feel like is such a good platform where you can not only logistically figure out how to host all of these workshops and Q&As and have a community, um, but you can also be, you know, creating a business through it. You know, you can have revenue, you can be charging money. And what's so awesome is you can have these different tiers. So like you can have a very, very affordable tier, three bucks, five bucks a month, or you can have a higher tier. You can do coaching and one-on-one stuff, but you can do it all from that website. And as other, you know, fellow entrepreneurs probably can speak to, I know I can, sometimes the hardest part about getting started is really the back end, the logistics, the website, the payment, like how do you take it all? Because you know, no one teaches us that, hey, you're not only going to have to be the creative brains behind this, but you also have to do all the logistics and the taxes and this and that. So anyway, we're not getting into that right now besides to just say that I'm very excited because I really believe that this will be such a cool way to actually get to know you guys. Because I was thinking about it and I was just realizing that social media can be such a one-sided conversation. It really can. Even though we're able to talk in the comments and the messages, it's hard to even, you know, 
get back to all of you on messages, on DMs. And it's so, 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 so important to me to get to know you guys. Like actually on a deeper level, I want to know your names. I want to know your stories. I want to know why you listen to this. I want to know what you need help with. And I want to just chat. I want to just be a community and be friends. And so anyway, I think that something like this would be really, really cool for us to be able to have this two-sided conversation and journey, which is something that's hard to achieve with social media alone. So anyway, stay tuned for that. That'll be coming soon. But back to the point of this episode, back to the actual episode. So when it comes to the strategies and the systems that I read about, as I test them out more and more, usually the superior ones that I love tend to make their way into my actual lifestyle naturally. And because of that, I talk about them over and over, which you've probably noticed if you've been listening since the beginning. And if you're someone who wants a deeper dive on some of the topics that I have talked about, I did an episode a couple weeks ago called Books That Transformed My Life and Mindset in 2020, and I recommend checking that out because the book I'm pulling from today, Free to Focus, was one of those books mentioned. So obviously I can't go through the entire book in one episode, but what I'm going to do is give you guys the gist of, first of all, why it is possible to achieve more by doing less, which of course is a theory that a lot of people are resistant to or reject altogether. And then I'm going to show you how to take the first steps in actually achieving more by doing less, which involves identifying your day-to-day tasks and categorizing them under what Michael Hyatt, the author of the book, calls the four zones of productivity. I am a huge fan of the system that Michael Hyatt has created because it's easy to understand and by going through the process you really do learn which tasks are high value tasks as in things you should be spending your time and energy on and which should be either eliminated or delegated which I think is something that everyone whether you're an entrepreneur or not needs to get better at recognizing we stay busy we have all these stimuli we use all these apps we do all these things and what we don't do sometimes is sit there and reflect on whether we are making the most of our time. Because remember, you guys, productivity is not getting more things done, you know, faster. It's about getting the right things done. And that's also one of my favorite quotes. It's actually from this book. So first and foremost, why do people resist the idea that you can actually achieve more by doing less? And what do I even mean by that? Well, it does sound kind of too good to be true, right? Like, oh yeah, work less hours, but you can actually make more money. Like that doesn't make sense. But I like to think about, you know, why that is. Why wouldn't that make sense? Why can't we do that? Because like I do all the time, you know, it's important to get to kind of the root of why we resist something so that we can then shift our mindset. So of course, everyone would want to work less hours than they do now and make more money, but how can that be possible? It sounds like witchcraft. (laughs) And I honestly don't blame people for having that kind of knee-jerk reaction. If you think about it, For hundreds of years, our economy and our society has thrived off of kind of the conveyor belt, mass production kind of model. And most people have been hired or were hired as laborers or hourly workers of some kind. You know, back throughout the 1900s, like people were hired as laborers and a lot of, you know, the majority of jobs were hourly wages. You worked by the hour and the more hours you worked, the more money you made. And so the, so when people were hired for these types of jobs, it wasn't that they necessarily brought a specific expertise or skill set to the company, meaning that they were easily replaceable. Um, you know, and this came with all of like the factory work and things like that. And so, like I said, the more hours they worked, the more money they made. And that's how income was calculated. More work, more time equals more money. And that's 
what it's been for a lot of years. And that's where I think this whole kind of hustle mentality has come from, honestly, that we have now, which is like work harder, 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 like work for more hours, sacrifice more things, hustle, 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 and then you'll make it and then you'll be successful. But that's just not a healthy way to think about it, in my opinion. It wasn't then, and it's honestly especially not now because we actually have more opportunities now to not kind of be, you know, that just cog in the wheel or whatever that phrase is. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't work hard, obviously. I just think that hard work does not always correlate directly to time and we in our minds tend to really just correlate those two together like more time is harder work or we're working harder if we're spending more time doing something but the fact is that's just not true and sometimes it takes us kind of just opening our eyes to realize that so back to how it was though more hours equals more money, right? That's how it was. That was the norm. So then here comes this idea that completely disrupts all of that, right? Like, wait a second. Hold on. We can work the same amount of hours and make more money. And we can even go one step further to say that we can work fewer hours and make more money. Now, I don't want to get too into this idea in today's episode, um, but another great book recommendation is that's kind of all about this actually is called linchpin Um, and it's all about like you know how to be a linchpin aka how to be the thing that you know the person who brings the value to your job to your company or to your business where it's not replaceable you are doing the highest value task you are needed and you're making a bigger impact because those are the jobs and those are the roles that you can make more money off of and work fewer hours or do less and achieve more but we can all do that and that's what we're here to talk about today so that was the norm more more hours equals more money so then here comes this idea right so we can actually work fewer hours and make more um so the point is we resist this so often because it's not what we're used to we're not used to this idea that you could work less hours and make more money we're not used to this idea that you could be paid by the task or by the project versus by the time you're spending and like whoever's listening to this for all of you guys you may be like well no I mean I'm really familiar with that or I'm an entrepreneur and or I've you know I've never worked hourly I've only done freelance and same same with me I I, well I did have one hourly job but you know this is we are all more accustomed to this because this is all still a really relatively new idea and a new phenomenon that we are actually able to succeed more doing freelance because we can get the word out more. We don't have to pay a ton of money for advertising the way they would have had to in the past. Like if you had a small business back then when there was no social media and no, you know, instant communication, you had to really work to get the word out that you had a business. So people often, and you'll find a lot of times that it's older generations, not to, you know, specifically call anyone out. I totally, again, I totally understand because this is such a new concept. Um, older generations and just certain people will resist this idea that like, no, this isn't possible. And it's because it's not what we're used to. We've been told and taught the other way, right? The, you know, more time, more work equals more money. As is pretty much every system that we abide by in our lives. It's what we've been told and taught, right? Schooling, five-day work weeks, nine to five jobs. And as you know, here on the podcast, we like to question the way things are and challenge them sometimes. And if you think about it, this idea that you can be this valuable member of a company, a key and vital ingredient, this linchpin rather than just another cog in the wheel is a relatively new idea. But it becomes more and more true as time goes by and as more and more people discover this, it becomes true that we can be that linchpin. 
And more and more people are realizing that they can be linchpins and that they can create value out of themselves and out of their skill sets. And here we are, and here you are, realizing this. So don't worry, it's not too late. That's not what I'm here to say. It's not like everyone's figuring this out. It's not too late by any means. It it won't ever be too late. But in this episode, we're going to learn how to begin kind of doing that. And it starts with decluttering your task list and the tasks that you do even on a day-to-day basis so that you can become this efficient and effective machine that indeed does spend less time and is able to get the right things done. Because remember, again, productivity isn't about getting more things done. It's about getting the right things done. Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Kroger can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Kroger has got you covered. So order for free pickup at Kroger.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. So this leads me into the next segment, which actually breaks down the beginning stages of Michael Hyatt's process to decluttering your to-do list and actually, you know, prioritizing the tasks that are of high value to you that are going to bring you the most return and how to kind of think about eliminating and delegating the other stuff. So this leads us to what Michael Hyatt calls the four zones of productivity. And I'm going to walk you through this because in order to become our most efficient and effective selves, we basically need to identify all of our current day-to-day tasks and categorize them into these four zones. And this, for the most part, would be work tasks, but it could also be other things, errands, grocery shopping, things like that. Because sometimes you guys will even find that, hey, you know what? Those two hours that I spend grocery shopping, I could pay to have my groceries delivered. And during that two hours, I could be working on a task that's actually going to bring in more money than I paid on grocery delivery. Right. So it's not just work tasks. I want you guys to really look into kind of everything you're doing um, because that's how we're going to become the most efficient and effective is to identify all these tasks and then to categorize them into these four zones. And then later we begin eliminating and delegating the tasks that fall in certain zones and prioritizing the tasks in others. And I'll explain it all. Don't worry. Um, But you can always go purchase the book if you want a deeper dive. I'll link it in the show notes because, of course, I can't get into every single thing in this episode. But we're going to start with these four zones. So his process begins by understanding that everything you do falls somewhere on a spectrum of both passion and proficiency. And so passion being work you love, things you love, work that energizes you, right? And proficiency um, means it's it's not just talking about skill alone, like being good at the thing, but skill plus contribution. So every task that you do or have to do will fall somewhere on this line between passion and proficiency. Some you'll be passionate about, but you won't be proficient in. Some you'll be proficient in, but you won't enjoy them. Some you'll have both, neither, any combination of the two. And our goal here is to get to that sweet spot where passion and proficiency meet so that you can be the most efficient with your work and enjoy it the most and spend the least amount of energy because you're enjoying it the most. So what are these four zones? I want you guys to imagine a two by two grid. So there's four squares. Basically, it looks like a window, right? And passion is going up the y-axis, that vertical axis, 
axis is passion and then proficiency is going across the x-axis on the bottom and we're going to start with zone four out of these four zones which is the bottom left corner so if you kind of imagine this grid um you know you have these four squares and then the bottom left corner is called the drudgery zone zone four listen we don't like this zone which makes sense right because it's filled with the tasks that we are the least passionate about and the least proficient in so we're not good at them and we don't really like doing them so likely the things in here are things that you're required to do like you just have to to live right or that you think you're required to do or things that you don't know how to hand off and delegate to someone else but maybe you even know that you should so for me personally I think the things that fall into this zone are like doing my taxes and dealing with legal stuff for my LLC and my trademarks sorting and tracking my finances it's not that I like there is a weird satisfaction about crunching numbers and like having it be done but when we talk about the grand scheme of my job as like a creative entrepreneur doing my taxes sucks and it's the like I have to do it but it sucks I'm not good at it I'm not an expert at it and I don't like it right so that would be a task that's in my drudgery zone um And because I'm not proficient, they also take way longer to do than they should. So tasks in here will take longer. There's a lot of wasted time. And I say wasted time because my, yes, I have to do it. So you could think about it like, oh, well, it's not wasted because you have to do it. But I say wasted because my time would be spent way more effectively doing something else, right? Which technically would, would mean wasted time. And if we all have the same 24 hours of the day, we have to pick and choose what we spend it on. And tasks like this make no sense for me to do when I'm not very good at them and I don't enjoy them, right? But more on that later. And you guys are probably like, well, why don't you have a CPA? Well, that's a whole nother story and I'm about to get one this year. Uh, But honestly, I was the type of person that really, and I still do, really enjoy learning how to do these things myself so that once I delegate it, I feel like confident in trusting the person. I can kind of like check their work and know what I'm talking about and like not get taken advantage of. But as time goes on, like you just have to put more and more trust in people because I won't have time to learn how to do each of these things. But anyway, more on that later. So Next is zone number three, which is called the disinterest zone. So this is to the right of the drudgery zone. So as you can imagine on that graph, these tasks are ones that we may be proficient in. So we may be good at them, but we still don't have a lot of passion for them. And this is personally my hardest zone to step away from because it kills me sometimes delegating these things to someone else when I know it would be easier for me to just do it because I'll do them the best. I know how to do it. I can do it more quickly because I'm proficient. So like instead of me training someone else and hiring and communicating, I could just do it myself. And honestly, you guys, I think this is one of the biggest downfalls with entrepreneurs is like not knowing when and how to delegate and just not wanting to delegate, wanting to be in control, thinking it's just easier if you do it you could save money if you do it but that my friends is going to kill you in the long run so take my word and don't do that but that's why we're here talking about this so the disinterest zone yeah sometimes it kills me delegating it when I know that I could do it quickly and it I can do it the best but it'll also drain me of energy because I just don't care these tasks are honestly boring and I'm not interested so yes it may be easy to do these tasks but wouldn't it actually be easier to like not have to do them (laughs) hint the answer is yes 
Before I started my own business and my own YouTube channel, podcast, etc., I actually worked primarily in my disinterest zone, which is so funny. I obviously didn't know that at the time, but now that I'm learning about all of this and I can look back and reflect, I genuinely was. Um, and what I did is I was I was doing a lot of work consulting with companies and brands and I was running brands social media accounts and kind of creating their strategy creating their posts because I was an expert in it and I totally knew what I was doing I was the best at that and I won't say there was zero passion there I obviously like social media a lot and I love running my own accounts I do it now so there definitely was some interest in it but like overall in terms of the grand scheme of my life like day to day I didn't love like just posting social media things for other people companies you know that weren't my own Um, and I got bored really fast and I mostly did it at the time because I was an expert at it so I felt like it made sense I was like well I'm good at this people want to hire me for this so like great I can get paid to do this it made sense right I was good at it I didn't necessarily care about the brands I was doing it for and I didn't like doing it so I eventually stopped thank goodness but I think this is an easy trap for us all to fall into if we aren't aware that these zones exist and how to best utilize them. So that's the disinterest zone. Things you're good at but you don't love doing. Next is zone number two and this one is called the distraction zone. Oh boy guys, I know this one all too well. So The things in the distraction zone are things that you are passionate about and enjoy doing, but you aren't the most proficient in them, which can end up being huge time wasters. And as the author of the book puts it, it's the finance exec who can't stop interfering with marketing or the salesperson who meddles in graphic design or the manager who finds it easier to do the team's work than to lead the team and honestly, preach. Uh, For me, this was always posting on social media, designing graphics, banners, updating my website, etc. It's fun, it's creative, it's artistic, and I love art. But I'm not great at it. Like, I can usually figure it out, and I eventually do, but it takes me way longer than it ever should take anyone. I don't know how to build a website, and I've spent hours and hours and hours trying to learn, and I've wasted so much money on programs and templates and hosting sites, eventually just to hire my best friend who's actually proficient in these things, and she got everything done that I needed in like a week (laughs) and don't get me wrong sometimes learning a new skill is something you want to do and it makes sense and it makes you happy and those things actually fall under a fifth category that's not on the chart called the development zone but I'm talking here about in the grand scheme of you wanting to be the most productive and successful while spending the least amount of time take my advice hire someone who knows what they're doing just do it because eliminating and delegating will help you stay in the zone you want to be in which is zone one. So that was zone two, the distraction zone. And the final zone, zone one, the zone we all want to be in is called the desire zone. So this is the zone where high passion and high proficiency meet, the upper right corner. So here you can use your unique gifts and interests to make your most significant contribution to your company or your business or your job or your relationship or your community, whatever it is. And the rest of the book is focused on kind of getting you into the desire zone and staying in the desire zone, which obviously we can't cover in this episode alone, but I thought it would be an awesome start to have you guys be able to start thinking about your day-to-day tasks and your life and what you do and categorizing them into these categories, because then you can begin to think about which things could be worth delegating or eliminating altogether to make your workflow and life more efficient and more enjoyable. And so as the author puts it also, this is the best way I know how to win at work and succeed in life in general because you'll be able to do more high value work in less time which frees up time for the other domains in life family friends and so on 
So those are the four zones. So basically to recap, we kind of covered why it is that people's initial instinct is often to resist or reject this idea that you can indeed achieve more by doing less. You can actually do less work, eliminate things from your plate, and have the same level of productivity or success. And it all comes down to how we define productivity and also what work we're doing and making sure that we are doing the work that we bring the most value to, that we are proficient in and passionate about, that will really move the needle and be the disruptor in whatever we're doing. We want to be those linchpins and we want to really try our hardest, especially as entrepreneurs, but honestly, as anyone in any job or in school or in life, We want to try to eliminate the stuff that doesn't make sense for us to do. It's not the most effective and efficient, um, you know, way to spend anyone's time. This is something that I am constantly working to achieve, constantly working to, you know, get into that desire zone and stay there because I know that I'm capable of doing more, achieving more, making more money, being more successful um, and not doing all of the tedious day-to-day stuff that I'm doing. And, you know... sometimes it happens in phases and stages, right? Like, you know, I hired one person and that was a huge step in the right direction. But now I need to look at, okay, are they doing the tasks that make the most sense for them to do? Am I eliminating the right tasks from my plate? And do I need to hire more people? Do I need to, you know, whatever, like eliminate or delegate some of the things I'm doing? Is everything that I'm even doing for my business even worth it? What are the returns looking like? Because there's kind of another whole aspect of business at least that tends to come up, which is that oftentimes you'll see this sort of 80-20 rule happening. And what that means is that usually 80% of the work that you are doing is only going to bring you 20% of the income that you're making. Whereas usually you're making majority of your income, you're making 80% of your income within only the 20% of work that you're doing. So essentially what that's saying is it's, it's pretty much proving exactly what we're talking about here, which is that in order to be the most effective, you can be doing less and getting more, but it's about doing the right things. And at the end of the day, throughout all of this, the main, main, main takeaway is that productivity is about doing the right things, working smarter, doing the things that are high value for you and not doing the other things, the things that don't bring enough value. Unless, of course, you know, it's literally just for fun or self-care or something that doesn't have to do with work. Like, I'm not saying eliminate every single other thing and you only have to be this highly efficient machine your whole entire life. Like, we're not robots. That's not what I'm saying. But I I trust that you guys know that that's not what I'm saying. Um, But that concludes this episode. There's a lot of information packed into a short episode. uh, But I want to leave it there because I want to challenge you guys now to kind of come away from this episode and start listing out if you're someone who feels like you could be more productive, that you could achieve more by doing fewer things or, you know, doing more of the right things, I want to challenge you guys to start kind of writing out your day-to-day, your tasks, what you do in your life, and see where everything falls into those zones. See where they fall and then just take a look at it and see where you can take steps to improve it or eliminate things. And sometimes even just putting it out in front of you really helps you to gain perspective on stuff like that. So that concludes today's episode thank you guys so much for listening for being here as always feel free to give this a rating and review on apple Podcasts. it would mean the world to me and stay tuned for future announcements about patreon and other community stuff i'm so so thankful i can't believe we're on episode 68 this has been the most incredible part of my business journey honestly is this podcast and i'm so so thankful for all of you so i will catch you guys all in the next episode love you so much bye
Hey, my dark darlings. Hopefully you've been enjoying our latest videos. We're a small crew here at Something Scary, so we have to make sure that the work that goes into our episodes gets done in order and on schedule. So that's why I wanna tell you about our sponsor, Monday.com. Monday.com is an online teamwork platform that keeps your team connected from anywhere. I really enjoy the visual ease of using Monday.com. It helps banish the demons of confusing email chains or who's doing what and by when. It helps make sure everyone is aligned and on the same page. One of the things that I enjoy the most about Monday.com is that it's customizable. So it feels like it could fit any type of collaboration or industry. Build confidence within your team and reach every goal with ease. Visit Monday.com to start your free two-week trial.